الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد. Start hadith number 20 today. The hadith is a very short hadith, but the meaning of the hadith is a tremendous meaning. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in the hadith, among the words which we inherited from the earlier prophets, meaning the messengers that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent, actually all of them repeated these words, If you don't feel shy, if you're not ashamed, then do anything that you like. Because a person who is not ashamed, there is nothing to stop him from doing whatever he wants to do. In the same way that animals can do whatever they want, and they can do it in public, in the presence of people, because there is no sense of shame in them. If a person is not ashamed, then let him do whatever he wants to do. The scholars of Islam have interpreted this hadith in three ways. The first is that this hadith is a prohibition, a nahi, meaning don't do. They said when the Messenger وسلم, says, Fasna' ma shit, do whatever you like, that is not permission for you to do whatever you like. That is prohibition. He's trying to say, don't just do anything you like. Or do what you like and bear the consequences. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, Do whatever you like. Allah sees everything that you do. Would we say, Allah has given us permission in the Quran to do anything that we like. He said, اعملوا ما شئتم Do whatever you like. إنه بما تعملون بصير Allah sees everything we do. Is it right to understand that as permission from Allah to do anything that we like? It's not permission. This is tahweef. We're supposed to be scared. When Allah says, اعملوا ما شئتم Do whatever you like. It means you bear the consequences of the things that you're going to do. In the same way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, فَعْبُدُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ مِنْ دُونِهِ فَعْبُدُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ مِنْ دُونِهِ Worship whatever you want apart from Allah. It's not permission that we can go and, and worship the idols and worship whatever we want because Allah said, 
فَعْبُدُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ مِنْ دُونِهِ Is that dalil? This is taqwif. Allah is trying to say, don't worship anything else. Worship whatever you like at your own peril. Because you're going to bear the consequences of that. So the first interpretation of the hadith is prohibition. إِذَا لَمْ تَسْتَحِي فَاسْنَعْ مَا does not mean you should go and do whatever you like. It means if you do whatever you like, you will bear the consequences. The second interpretation is that the hadith is a command. A command to do whatever you like if that thing does not bring shame into your life. Just like in reality. In other words, the hadith would mean look at the things that you want to do. If you realize that this thing does not bring shame into your life, then do it. So the first interpretation is prohibition. The second interpretation is command. Do only the things which do not bring shame into your life. The third interpretation is it's not a command and it's not a prohibition but information. In other words, the Messenger وسلم, is trying to say, people who are not ashamed do anything that they like. It's information. He's informing you. When you see a person doing anything that he likes, they know the person has no sense of shy or sense, I mean, sense of shyness in their hearts. Mimma nas min kalamin ula. If you are not ashamed, then do whatever you like. I want to explain the meaning of being shy. Being shy comes in two types. There is the type which is inherited. The type you're born with. That's the way you were born. Some people are shy, naturally. They were born like that. And some people are not shy, they're outspoken and they do whatever they like, they're so free, naturally. And there is the type which is cultivated. You could have been born not being shy, but then eventually you learn how to be shy. It's cultivated. An example of natural shyness is that of Uthman ibn Affan anhu. Maybe a combination of both the natural and the cultivated. Uthman ibn Affan anhu was a very, very shy person. At one time, the Messenger وسلم, was seated with Aisha anha, when Abu Bakr Siddiq came into the masjid rather, into the house, he was seated in the house with Aisha. The Messenger Sallallahu had exposed a part of his, his legs. When Abu Bakr came in, the Messenger Sallallahu did not make any move. He didn't do anything until Abu Bakr sat for some time and, and he left. Then a couple of minutes later, Uthman bin Affan who came into the house. And very quickly, the Messenger Sallallahu adjusted his gun to cover his, his legs. And Aisha radiallahu anha observed that. 
So when Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu left, Aisha asked the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She said, Ya Rasulullah, I observed that when Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu came in, Abu Bakr Siddiq, who is actually the father of Aisha radiallahu anha, when he came in, you didn't make a move to like cover your legs. But when Uthman bin Affan came in, you quickly adjusted your gown in order to cover your legs. The Messenger وسلم, said, Am I not supposed to feel shy in the presence of the man in whose presence even the angels are shy? Am I not supposed to be shy in the presence of a man from whom even the angels shy away? The angels are shy in the presence of Uthman bin Affan radiallahu anhu because he is such a shy person himself. It's no wonder a lot of people took advantage of him. They did so many things to him. When he was a Khalifa, they spoke about him to the point where they killed him radiallahu anhu because he was not outspoken. He wasn't outspoken, he was a shy man. He would speak very, very little. Even the time that they came to murder him, عنهم, they surrounded his house and someone went in, walked into the, into the house. They had swords, they had weapons. His servants and slaves also picked up their weapons in order to defend him, to protect him. He said, I do not want anyone's blood to be shed for my sake. And I promise you that whoever throws away his sword, then he is a free man. They're his slaves. He says, if you throw away your sword and you don't fight for me, then you've gained your freedom. You are a free man. And one of the children of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu was with the group. He walks in and finds Uthman in the house reciting the Quran. Uthman says to him, as for you, if your father were around, you would not do such a thing. He felt shy and walked away. He left the group. Al-Muhim, they killed him in the end. What I'm saying is, he, he was a shy man, naturally. That's the way Allah created him. And you know some people who are naturally shy. You would never, no matter what you do, you would never convince them to, to dance. You go to a party and you ask him to dance, he will never dance, no matter what, 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 what you do. Over his dead body. For some people, you, you don't even need to ask. <laughs> For some, you don't need to ask. The moment, the moment the music starts, already he's up and he's dancing. There's, that's, that's not there. But for the people who are not born with that sense of being shy, they should learn to cultivate it. You need to learn to cultivate it. And we need to learn to teach our children how to be shy. Especially our daughters. If you observe that your daughter is outspoken, Speaking anyhow, teach them a lady does not behave like that. 
A lady is supposed to be shy. That's a good quality in a lady. Remembering the story of Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, Allah says, وَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى One of those ladies came to Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, Tamshi, walking, ala stihya, with a lot of shyness, walking towards Musa alayhi salatu wassalam. And every man admires uh, a lady with that quality. The quality of being shy. Alas, this is a quality that's lost nowadays. And we think it's much more fashionable for a lady to be, to be outspoken. Dance in public. Speak loudly in, in public. That's not a good thing. A person has to learn to be shy. Equally the man. The quality may not be in you, but you can cultivate it. You can learn how to be shy. Certain things don't say them. There are certain people who just say anything that comes to their, to, 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 to their mind. And they think that's being clever. When you have no sense of, of shame, some people think that's cleverness. You say, that guy is very, very clever. Why is he clever? Because he's not shy. He just says anything he wants to say. Rasulullah is saying, If you are not ashamed, then do whatever you like. Say what you want, dance if you want, whatever you want. If our ladies had a sense of shame, they would not dress the way they dress. Because a person who is shy will not wear something that rides above the knees, exposing the thighs, unless there is no sense of, of shyness in them. If it is there, they would be modest. If our men had a sense of shame, they would not wear skin-tight clothes. You don't even feel comfortable. When you stand in front of people, you feel like you're naked. But when you're not ashamed, all that doesn't matter. So I said there are two types of being shy, the natural type and the cultivated type. However, you must know that being shy in the presence of people is a good thing, but that's not everything. You need to be shy in the presence of Allah, not just in the presence of people. Allah wants you to be shy in His presence, even when the people are not around. The Messenger وسلم, said, You should be shy in the presence of Allah. Someone asked him, Ya Rasulullah, how can we be shy in the presence of Allah? He said, by taking care of the head, your head, and what it contains. And taking care of the stomach, and what it contains. And also remembering death and the hereafter. What does the Messenger وسلم, mean by taking care of the head and what it contains? The head contains some delicate parts.
the eyes, the ears, and the tongue. Where are these found? In the head. The eyes are found in the head. The tongue is found in the head. And the ears are found in the head. These parts are very, very delicate parts. Nowadays, it's very easy for a person with modern technology to get into his house with just a small phone in, in his hands and start looking at things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has forbidden. Why? Because he feels there is no one to see him. He will look at anything because no one is seeing him. And then outside, they say he's a shy man. You may be shy in the presence of people. But if you're not shy in the presence of Allah, then that is of very, very little benefit. Tell me, how many people would open such things, skip, uh, I mean, despicable material, and watch it in the presence of people? How many would do that? Very few. Why? Because they are feeling shy, right? They are shy in the presence of people. They can't do it. But then, in the absence of people, they are able to open such material and look at it. So, shy in the presence of people and not shy in the presence of Allah. What kind of shyness is hypocrisy? That's being a hypocrite. They say, in the presence of people, obviously, there are very few that would turn on the radio and, and listen to music. Why? Because he is shy in the, in the presence of people. He would, he would never do such a thing. Usually, if someone was playing some music in the, in the car, when, when they give a lift to, to someone, especially a fellow Muslim, they will turn the volume down. And no more. Why? He's shy. Shy in the presence of a person, but are you not ashamed in the presence of Allah? You don't feel shy in the presence of Allah, you only feel shy in the presence of people. So, is not just talking about being shy in the presence of people. You have to be shy in the presence of Allah. They're hiding from the people. And they don't hide from Allah. Allah is always with them. There's a man, he calls a woman to his house. And when they are in the house, he asks her to close all the doors so that he can perform mischief, ma'asiyah, with her. She comes to him and says, I've done what you asked. Then he says, did you close all the doors? She said, I closed all of them except one. Which one did you not close? 
says, I closed these doors, but I couldn't close the door between ourselves and Allah. That door, I, I can't close it. No one can close that door. So you can get into your room and close the door to your room. But you will never close the door that is between you and Allah. That door is forever open. And you're supposed to be ashamed. You should feel shy in the presence of Allah. Certain things that people do alone, if you saw them, you'd be, you'd be surprised. It's, it's shameful. But then this being shy should not only be in the presence of people, it should also be in the presence of Allah. So this Qawluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Inna mimma adraka al-nas min kalam al-nubuwati al-ula idha lam tastahi fasna' ma shi'at can only be achieved meaning being shy can be achieved through ilm. Man kana billahi alam kana billahi akhwaf. A person who knows Allah better is much more mindful of Allah than a person who doesn't know Allah. Innama yakhsha Allah min ibadihi al-ulama. The people who fear Allah among his servants, among his slaves, are the people of knowledge, the people who know him. The people who do not know him do not fear him. Because you cannot be afraid of a person that you do not know. You have to understand his punishment. You have to understand his anger, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in order to stay away from the muharramat. The scholars of Islam have said, if you want a window or an opening to a person's heart, that opening, that window to the heart, is through the eyes and through the ears. What you see is transmitted very quickly to your, to your heart. If it's good, it strengthens your heart. And your heart has taqwa and iman. If it's bad, it weakens your heart. And your heart loses its taqwa and loses its iman. When you sit in a place like this, and listen to what is good. This is transmitted straight to your heart. And you begin to feel the Iman actually coming into your heart. You feel it. When you're seated, you feel the Iman coming in. Where is it flowing from? It's flowing from the ears. What gets in gives you Iman. But then suppose, Allah. may Allah not permit that. We sat here listening to music. You think you'd feel any iman in your heart? Absolutely not. It's ma'asuya that brings disease to our, to our hearts. So I want to advise especially the shabab, the younger men, the temptation is much stronger with you. Very, very strong. In the old days it was difficult. Because access to such things was difficult. But nowadays you have the phone in your, in your pocket. 
And you have the bundles in the, in the fall. And you're alone in your room. With no one to see you. Just remember, even when you close the door, you will not close the door between yourself and Allah. So feel shy in the presence of Allah. Don't look at haram. Because your heart is going to be rotten. Don't listen to haram. Because that is going to affect your heart. I said, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa the head and what it contains. Then he said, the stomach and what it contains. What the stomach contains, obviously, includes the heart. But I'll talk about the stomach itself. Do not put in your stomach things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden, even when you are not in the presence of people. Feel shy. Feel shy to put in your stomach on your own, not surrounded by people, but istahi min Allah. Feel shy in the presence of Allah. You can't get alcohol and put it in your stomach, something which Allah has forbidden. And this too has become a problem with our youth, the younger people. They engage in smoking, alcohol, but obviously they will not do it in the presence of people. Why? Because they feel shy, right? And when they are alone, it's easier. Why? Because they are not shy. You don't feel shy in the presence of Allah. I would rather you don't feel shy in my presence. Feel shy in the presence of Allah because that counts. You feel shy in my presence only and you don't feel shy in the presence of Allah. For me, it doesn't make a difference. I'm not going to judge you on the day of judgment. The book is not with me. I don't give tawab. I don't... Nothing. Absolutely. Why are you running away from me? Will I hold the book on the day of judgment? No. Do I give the up? No. Do I give punishment? No. Then I am immaterial. I don't matter here. Who matters? Allah. The book is in Allah's hands. Who gives the up? Allah. Who gives punishment? Allah. Should be afraid of him. You should not be afraid of me. So this haram, do not put it in your stomach. And the heart. The heart has to be clean. Those of you that did with me the hadith of An-Nu'man bin Bashir will remember. In the body, there's a piece of meat. When this piece of meat is in good form, when it's alright, the entire human being is around. When it becomes corrupt, when it's rotten, the entire human being is rotten. Is it not the heart? If you corrupt your heart, and the heart becomes rotten, you are gone, all of you. The arm may be rotten, the uh, uh, leg may be rotten, anything, any part of your body, but not the heart. Once the heart is rotten, no salah. I think people with a rotten heart want to pray. People with diseased hearts do not want to pray. You think people with rotten hearts want to fast? People with rotten hearts don't fast. 
You think people with rotten hearts care whether they make zina or not? They don't care. It doesn't even matter. Anything. The haya leaves them. Even we reach the stage, do whatever you like. Just like Akramakumullah, an animal. If a dog uh, mates with a female in, in our presence, you think anyone will talk about it tomorrow, saying this, this is the bad dog that was mating with, with a female in the presence of people? Who will talk about that? That is to be expected from a dog. Not so. We expect that from a dog. It comes and it urinates just in our presence. Who will talk about it tomorrow, saying this is the dog that urinated in the presence of people? We expect that from a dog. But we don't expect it from a human being. A human being is special. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him iman. Allah gave him taqwa. Allah wants iman for you. He decorated the iman in your heart. But what will happen to the iman if you look at haram? It goes away. I always say the principle of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We, the people that follow the Sunnah of the Messenger, وسلم, our principle is Al Iman Qawm wa Atiqad wa Amal. Iman is how many things? Three things. In our teaching as the people of Sunnah, Iman is made up of how many things? Three things. Qawm, declaration by word of mouth. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Wa'tiqad and what we believe inside our hearts. That's a part of Iman. Wa'amal and what we do is a part of Iman. Salah is Iman. Zakat is Iman. Fasting is Iman. Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ إِيمَانَكُمْ Allah is not going to make you to lose your Iman. He's referring to Salah. They used to face another Qibla. Now they have to change and face a different Qibla. Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ إِيمَانَكُمْ Allah is not going to make you lose your salawat. He refers to salah as what? Iman. So the actions are Iman. الْإِيمَانُ قَوْلُ وَاعْتِقَادُ وَعَمَلُ يَزِيدُ وَيَنْقُسُ It increases and it decreases. Iman is not just the same. It's not stationary. It's not like this one has 70 Iman and he remains with 70 Iman. It's not like that. Yazid Wayankos, it's like a thermometer. You know a thermometer? The one they use at the hospital or the one we use to uh, uh, check the weather. You put it outside. It will depend on the temperature, not so. When it's hot, what's, what's going to happen? It rises. When it's cold, it goes down. When the temperatures are zero, it indicates zero. When the temperature is 20, it indicates 20, just like that. Iman is also like that. It depends on your environment. If you're in Ma'asuya, down it goes. If you are in obedience, up it goes. That's the way Iman is. If you want your Iman to drop drastically, just get, get your radio, turn it on, listen to a song. If you were on 70, by the time the song comes to an end, you'll be at 50. And then after that, sit outside and look at the women who are passing. If it was 50, next it will be at 30. You could be here at the masjid, but because of Masriya, someone decides 20 minutes before Salah, yeah, let me go and see my friend Boyd. 
And off he goes. Why? No iman. Someone else who's far away from the masjid walks a long distance from the masjid. What's driving him? It's iman that drives him. So Allah zayyanahu fi qulubikum. He decorated this iman in your hearts, ya shabab. Don't chase away this iman with masiyah. Be ashamed, be shy in the presence of Allah. Do not look at what Allah has forbidden. Don't listen to what Allah has forbidden. And do not put in your stomachs things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden. Forget about uh, 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 Papa. When you see uh, Papa Ali coming, then you, 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 you dive into the grass with your, uh, uh, your, your chamber. When, when, when he passes, you continue smoking. He doesn't have the book. It's between you and Allah. You can close the door between yourself and Papa Ali, but can you close the door between yourself and Allah? No, you can't do that. So that is the meaning of the hadith. It's a short hadith, but the meaning is a great meaning. أقول ما تسمعون وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. At this point, you can ask questions.